Welcome, 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 welcome. It's the Fish and Chippopotamus podcast. Chippopotamus, oh boy. You like that one? <laughs> I do. Dan fished you I was hoping you hated it. <laughs> oh. Piggybacking from last week. Chippopotamus. How you doing, Chip? I'm doing okay. Thanks for letting me back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was going to start my own podcast after that. Uh, seemed like it. All is fine. All is fine. Yeah, all is fine. You're forgiven. You you. are forgiven. Thanks. Fish and Chip Podcast. We're on Twitter at Fish and Chip Pod. Most places you get your podcast. Let's get into it. It is a new week here. It's draft week. It's draft week. We're going to talk about that soon, too. But first, there were some fights this weekend. UFC 261, to be exact. Kamaru Usman defeated Jorge Masvidal. I'm not sure if I pronounced that guy's name. Um, <clears throat> good enough. Uh, so that means Usman retains his title as welterweight champion and uh, knockout this time. It was the second match against Matt Fidal where the first time around he wrestled them basically the whole match and won by unanimous decision, I believe. This time around, he was all right fighting him a little bit more, beat him up. Box him a little bit more, which Masvidal admitted he wasn't ready for because he thought it was going to be more of a wrestling match, and that's what he trained for. And anyway, he ended up getting knocked out. Knocked up. All right. Anyway, that's my update on the UFC chip. Thanks, Dan. Um, (laughs) Took me uh, all of, what, 30 seconds? (laughs) Yeah. Great, great coverage there. (laughs) Got to do it. Has to be done. Yep. You know what else has to be done? We got to travel over to the ML base. The ML base. Yes. I'm just going to, you know, throw a little update in after we're uh, about three full weeks into the season. A little update on some standings. The best teams in the league. I'm not, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Best teams in the league. No surprise. Dodgers still at the top. Followed by Oakland, who have are on a 13 game winning streak as of recording. So they started the season one and seven, and they are now fourteen and seven. Wow! Including that devastating loss that I broke down last week by the Twins against the <laughs> the A's, and then a bit of a surprise at the number three and four teams, Kansas City Royals and Seattle, who were supposed to be kind of middle of the tier or maybe even low end, but they're they're at the top. Kansas City is a negative run differential, though, so <laughs> don't think this is sustainable. Yeah. Then down to the bottom, the two worst teams, no surprise, Detroit Tigers, Colorado Rockies. But sadly, the Twins are right there with them. I'll have seven wins. <laughs> ah! yeah. The Yankees were uh, also down there earlier last week, but now they are up to nine wins. So kind of bottom third. So how's those division winners going for you? Divisions. Divisions. Uh <laughs> Uh, well, you see, Twins and Yankees, not so much. <laughs> I don't think any of them are right right now. You gotta have the Dodgers. You have the Dodgers. Yeah, the Dodgers. I'm looking at the AL right now, but yeah, the Yankees, Twins, pretty sure the Astros. Yep. Astros are in third place. <laughs> I think I had Oakland as a wild card. So that, that's my only right one, I think. Yeah, oh, the, no, White Sox, the, the White Sox. White Sox is a wild card. Yeah. Yeah. 
you really thought they were going to win the division, but you didn't let the Twins play the Yankees. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's why you changed your mind. <laughs> yep. you have Dodgers, Dodgers, Padres. Padres um, are actually behind the Giants right now. Only by, well, two games. Yeah, I'll be fine. The Dodgers are still plus 33 run differential, which is the best. And in the uh, the National League East, that division looks uh, pretty trashy right now. <laughs> division leader Mets are 8-8 eight and eight with a negative 15 run differential. Who'd you pick there? The Braves? Uh, yeah, the Braves. Who'd you have in the Central then? The... Cardinals? Yeah, Cardinals or Brewers. You can Cardinals. You know what? I could just pull it up right now. I have it. Well, done. why don't you just just to do it? I had Cardinals followed by the Brewers. And what's that division look like? It is the Brewers followed by the Cubs followed by the Cardinals. Actually, the Cubs and Cardinals are tied. And Pittsburgh <laughs> is almost tied. And Cincinnati is only I have. Wasn't Pittsburgh tied. supposed to be terrible this year? Yes. <laughs> Not they, bad. Uh, they are negative 14 run differential, but they are 10 and 11. <laughs> oh, boy. That yeah. could go south real quick. Yes, it could. The uh, your, your fish, though, they're the, fish? The, they're the only positive run differential team in the East, but they are 9 and 11. Yeah, I was going to say, aren't they? <laughs> the only plus they're not two. having a good record. Uh, that means they're going to come around. It's going to work its thing out. You know? uh-huh. Just got to keep that going. They'll get there. World Series champs. Some of the... Individual leaders. Only one person batting over 400 still. You're in Mercedes for the White Sox. Bunch of guys in the 300 still. Bunch of pitchers in the three-wing range. Only one guy, three-wing range. Only one guy has four. That's Steven Matz from Toronto. Don't know him. Matz? <laughs> yeah, he used to be a uh, pitcher for the Mets. That's what you don't know. Oh, the Mets and the Mets. Okay. Matz at the Mets. Matz and the Mets. Uh, home runs, we got four guys with seven. Nelson Cruz is in fifth with six. Bunch of hit people. Stolen bases. There's a guy with eight. Guy with six. Guy with five. Just kind of reading stuff. Bunch of random stats that I don't want to bore you with. But we're, we're almost... Yep. <laughs> we're almost a month in. <laughs> month in. A lot left, obviously. A lot can still change. But we'll see. This is what we're talking about. The, uh... <laughs> Did you watch the Dodgers and the Padres this weekend? I uh, did not. I saw some highlights, but I didn't watch. On Saturday, I believe, Trevor Bauer, your boy, <laughs> was pitching, and uh, he gave up a uh, what is adjectively described as juicy to <laughs> Fernando Tatis Jr., you said. Yes. And as he came into home plate, he did the Trevor Bauer, Connor McGregor walk. <laughs> it was perfect. It was. So, obviously, Trevor Bauer is going to go to the presser afterwards and be asked how how'd it feel when somebody shows you up like that, you know, like you've acted in the past, you know? And he said, and he took the high road, and I'm proud of him. Good good, good on his part. He said he, he was like, I loved it because he's like, I'm going to dish it right back, you know, and we're out here competing, and it makes the game more entertaining, and there should be more of that in baseball, you know. The newer mindset on the way baseball should be played, not the old way that the old guys say that there's the code that you have to live by, the unwritten rules, as they say. I want entertainment. I want 
highlights, and I want to be celebrating. I want nothing flips. against it. Bat flips. I want, yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> I want, yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, stuff. Uh, what else you got? And 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 Bay. Uh, you know that's that's uh, eh. probably about it. Sound chip. This is what we talk about when we don't really have anything <laughs> major to talk about. But yeah, let's play that sound chip. It's time for Dan's favorite athlete on Earth today. All right, Chip, take it from here. All right. Over the weekend, Arizona Diamondbacks. Outfielder Cole Calhoun had a little interaction with a young fan, probably around the age of 10. Uh, it was a uh, kind of foul ball pop up into right field. It just barely went over the uh, wall. It was like it's a, one of those really short walls, like a foot tall, maybe three, two feet, two, three feet. Off the ground. Yeah. And there was a fan who put his glove up right next to Mr. Calhoun's and the young fan caught it. And Cole, the uh, outfielder, just kind of looked at him <laughs> and then shook his head and gave him the knuckles. Like, all right, all right, man, you got me. Just thought it was pretty cool, and it was not considered fan interference because it was in the stands. If uh, if the fan would have reached over, then it's interference. But since it's in the stands and the outfielder is reaching over, then it's fair game to anyone. Kind of goes back to that old uh, Chicago Cubs guy, right? Uh, reached over. Yeah, or, he reached over. So that was interference that it, they did not call. He was shamed for like life, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Getting hate curse. mail. Yeah. yeah. All is well with the Cubbies now, though. Uh, but yeah, that was cool. I mean, yeah, cool. he could have been like, dude, what the, you know? Yeah, I'm but sure a lot of players would have got mad at that. A lot of fans probably behind him were even probably like, dude, come on. Well, except, but, uh, but then by giving him the knuckles, it, it just makes everybody simmer down, you know? Yeah. They, this was at, um, I think it was at Atlanta and Atlanta was batting. So it basically saved an out for Atlanta though, too. So I'm sure the fans were more happy with that. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If it would have been like the other way around, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. the other way around, then, <laughs> then it'd be a little different. Yeah. You're right. My bad. No worries. But yeah, that, that's right. pretty cool. If there's nothing else, we got to get to some stuff. Football and football footballs. after the break. Segment two, Fish and Ship Podcast coming next. Welcome back to the Fish and Ship Podcast. Shouting out a very, very special place. Everyone's favorite city, Lincoln, Nebraska. Ooh. Ooh, yes. Because over the weekend, it was the event of the year. It was the Josh fight. Now, if you're not familiar with this, that's fine, because I didn't really hear about it until like a week ago on Reddit. But a year ago, after the pandemic started, this is going to be a little long story, but it's worth it. A year ago, right after the pandemic started in April 2020, this guy named Josh Swain from Tucson, Arizona, <laughs> went on uh, Facebook Messenger or Facebook and found everyone that he could that had the same name as, as him. And he just sent out a message that says, you're probably wondering why I've gathered you all here today. <laughs> and another Josh replied because we all share the same name. And then he's like, yes, <laughs> a year from today, we will meet at these coordinates, which was in Lincoln, Nebraska. It was supposed to be at, <laughs> supposed to be at a, uh, a park, I believe, called Josh Park, but it got moved. Anyway, so he gave him the coordinates, and he said, we will, <laughs> uh, we will fight. Whoever wins gets to keep their name. Everyone else has to switch it. 
because there's only supposed to be one Josh Swain in the United States. So that was a year ago. <laughs> and then on April 24th, this past Saturday, it actually happened and hundreds of people showed up. <laughs> all uh, mostly named Josh. They all sh- <laughs> they showed up with like pool noodles and foam swords and a bunch of like <laughs> I don't even know, but it was there's a lot of pictures. Is easily like probably 200 people. And there was only two Josh Swains that showed up. So the original one and then some other one. And they did a rock, paper, scissors battle at first. And the original Josh, well, I shouldn't say original. The one that sent out the invite won. So he's technically the only Josh Swain. And then they just had a free-for-all battle with foam noodles and like plastic and foam swords and stuff. And just fought until there was only one Josh standing. And... What the heck? <laughs> Dude, it was sick. And the winner was a four-year-old named Josh, who they called Little Josh. Other that was pretty cool. Why are you letting your four-year-old go to this? Because he's Josh. He was summoned. When all the dancers are summoned to fight, you gotta be there. <laughs> no. I will uh, not be. So little Josh. <laughs> little Josh was crowned the champion, and the, the reward was a Burger King crown. <laughs> Of course. And it was too big for his head, so uh, there's pictures of him being held up and his face is completely covered. (laughs) But what makes it even more sweet is uh, he had battled seizures and was treated at uh, a children's hospital. So uh, I think his parents were just kind of like, okay, you deserve to have some fun. And he went there, and I guess he actually (laughs) performed very well and slayed all the other Joshes. Rip. Yep. So it's pretty cool. If you want to look look up pictures, look it up. People from all great coverage. Country. Thank you. Great coverage. Like I said, event of the year. It has surpassed Area 51 raid as the biggest meme event. There's another big event at the end of this week, you know? Uh yes, not quite as big as this, but yeah. <laughs> quite as big as that. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's the NFL draft and we are two days away. Yes. Epic. Epic. We will have the coverage. What I, are we doing? Uh, I don't think we're doing the half yet, are we? The half episode? Undecided. Okay. Undecided. If it's there, it's there. If it's not, it's not. The plan is to cover at the end of the first round is yes. when we'll do our recording. Uh-huh. Break down the whole first round, get the last few picks live on our recording and then uh, release that to the Mastiff so they have a fresh take on how the first round went the next morning. Indeed, indeed, indeed. It might, it's and then, be- you know, if we're not busy and we have nothing to do, we might cover the second and third rounds on Saturday. Yeah, we'll see. A little half C episode. Yeah, we'll see how exciting it is. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yes. Indeed. Yes, yes. And uh, some other pre-draft news. The Chiefs have made a rather large trade to acquire an offensive tackle from the Ravens. After the Chiefs struggled with... <laughs> That's body shaming, man. What? You called that guy large. I said large a large trade. Large. Yeah, it was a large trade. <laughs> well, I that's not what I implied or meant. You I'm just took sh- it there, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after the uh, Super Bowl appearance with their makeshift line, they decided they needed some new linemen. Something the Vikings have yet to discover is what they need. Anyway, they acquired Orlando Brown Jr. from 
I guess you call them a rival at this point, the Ravens. For uh, the Chiefs gave their first-round pick this year and a third-rounder and a fourth and a fifth round next year. But they also get a second-round pick this year and a sixth round next year. So pretty fair trade. Yeah. And it will yeah, help the Chiefs. I think they also or was it the Chiefs or Titans that cut both their tackles after this season? Chiefs did. The Chiefs. Okay, yeah. So they were basically without tackles as well. So that helps them. Um, other uh, pre-draft news. Just uh, reports that the Lions are open to trading their number seven pick to trade down. I think this draft is going to have a lot of teams like that that don't need a quarterback. Yep. <laughs> and those top spots are going to be like, yeah, we're, we're open. This yeah. could be. Well, you've already seen one team move up. Yeah. 49ers. Yep. Trying to get that pick to make sure that they get the guy that they want. Yeah. So this could be a very unique draft, and I would not be surprised. I would say to... I would say that I think there's going to be at least one team to trade up for a quarterback. One more. I mean. Yes. I I think that I'm leaning towards Atlanta taking Trey Lance now as of today. But mm. I, I, I didn't think that was going to happen for the longest time and now the more I'm listening and thinking I think it's actually going to happen I think Trey Lance is going for and now I think somebody will trade up to get Justin Fields um, I don't think those picks that uh, what where did I say that uh, Daniel Jeremiah had um, the guys that were going linemen in the first round I don't think those guys are going to trade down but somebody else like you said the Lions might be yeah. interested in trading back. Somebody that wants Justin Fields doesn't want somebody else to snag him up, trades up with the Lions and gets Justin Fields at seven. Mm-hmm. It's, my, it's my thought. Interesting. Yes. Um, what I was going to say is this draft, I would not be surprised <clears throat> if the first, guarantee the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. First four, very likely. I would not be surprised if the first five picks are quarterbacks. Yeah, because after Trey Lance goes out, if, if and when Trey Lance goes to the Falcons at four, then you hit the panic button if you're in an organization looking for a quarterback, like potentially the Patriots. Um, who else is up there that would maybe want a quarterback? Um, I don't know. But you maybe hit the panic button saying, I don't want this other team to potentially take the last available quarterback that we want in the first round. Yeah. And it's time to trade up. And they're looking to go get him. Yeah. So for sure. Who's at five? Is the Bengals at five? Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to take a wide receiver there. So yeah. I think you're fine through five. Who's six then? Um, That's not Carolina. Carolina's down at seven, right? Six is Miami. Miami will take a wide receiver or the tight end. And that's what I think. I think Jamar Chase. And Kyle Pitts go those two picks. And then Carolina at seven. I believe they're seven, right? They're going to go offensive linemen. No, Detroit is seven. Detroit's seven. That's the one that could trade. I think the next two after that are going either offensive linemen. The Carolina Panthers might take wide receiver if they want to try Jalen Waddle out, maybe. Miami's the other one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. I don't see quarterbacks going there, but. Yeah, if you're going to sneak up ahead of somebody for a quarterback, I think that seven pick would be very valuable. Yeah. 
Speaking of the Bengals, I don't. I've seen a lot of people say they're going to take a wide receiver. I do not think they need that though. They, need they might go offensive line. line. That's what they. Yeah, that's what they need the most. But who knows? But AJ Green's gone now, so yeah. They, I mean, they, it's they not like they're. Him. It's not like they're deep at that position. They have. And you you got to have the Jamar Chase factor with that was Joe Burrow's yeah. college teammate. So he might he might be making calls saying, "Hey, I really want this guy. Let's get offensive line in the second round." Yeah, I suppose. Uh, but Tyler Boyd and T Higgins are both good wide receivers they have, so I don't know if they need yeah. a third, but who knows. I, yeah, if we'll I was out. them, I'd rather take Kyle Pitts over a wide receiver, I think. Yeah, well, I said Kyle Pitts or a wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. So I said either Kyler, I think it's Jamar Chase or it's Kyle Pitts there at that spot. And then whoever goes to the Bengals, the other team will, or the other one will drop to six. Yes. Yeah. Logical. Mm-hmm. I think those are your best two options at the receiver slash tight end position. So, and then it, after that, it's either um, Devontae Smith, right, from Alabama or Jalen Waddle, depending yeah. on your preference. Uh-huh. I mean, Smith's a playmaker, can do about anything you want, but Jalen Waddle's a speed guy. And like the Raiders took last year, they took uh, Henry Ruggs over um, CeeDee Lamb and Oh, the other wide receiver from Alabama last year. I can't remember. Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Yeah. Yep. So, I mean, it's all preference. I mean, they just yeah. wanted a fast wide receiver versus. Oakland always wants fast people. Well, I'm just saying, Oakland's in that mix again. They could say, hey, we want Jalen Waddle. We don't want Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Or Devontae Smith. Sorry, I said Freeman. Devontae Smith. I don't know. Just thoughts. We'll break it down Thursday and let you know what's going on. Yes. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, you doing your story? <laughs> I suppose. Mr. Research Buff over there. Oh, yes. Last week, oh, I put in a lot of work for this story that was <laughs> basically dead news two days later. Uh, you may have seen that the European Football Association thing, the European, what the heck is it called? Union of European Football Association. There we go. Um, they have a very complex structure to their professional football soccer leagues over there. Um, but basically some of the, uh, the biggest teams in Europe decided to make what they're calling a super league, which to a non fan, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me what it meant at first until I dug in and did some research, but it was like the big teams that we've heard of, like Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester United, uh, Real Madrid, Barcelona, like those really big ones. It was 15 total, only 12 officially announced. So we're going to make the Super League, meaning that they would all be in the same league. But what made it different was no matter how they performed each year, those same teams are always going to essentially be in their playoffs, even though the playoffs are not technically playoffs. Um, so it there was a lot of backlash and outrage by... Fans of all those countries, um, even news media people were mad at it. James Corden, who hosts the Late Late Show in America, he's from the UK, had like an eight-minute thing during his live show about he was against this. And they're basically just saying the owners are just greedy people. But to me, it kind of sounded like what we have here in America, like the, the NFL or MLB, which is essentially what they were trying to be. 
But through this digging, because I didn't know football slash soccer, um, the uh, the leagues for soccer in Europe follow a pyramid structure, in which like each like picture the food pyramid, like there's tiers, you know. Each tier kind of they can kind of interact with each other on a league level. I don't know if I'm making any sense with this. Um, so like the, the very the tip of it is where you find your your top teams like Liverpool, Manchester, the elite, the elite. Yes. So that's where like the England's Premier League is, which six of those teams in the Premier League wanted to leave and join the Super League. And below the, the Premier League in England is the Championship League, not to be confused with something else called the Champions League. Um, anyway, so after the season ends for each of these leagues, the bottom, like, for example, in the UK and the, the Premier League, the bottom three teams are relegated, a.k.a. demoted into the Championship League. And the top three from the Championship League are promoted to the Premier League. So that means every year there's some adjustments. So technically... A team at the very, very bottom, like the base of the pyramid, <laughs> which they include club teams, could in theory get all the way to the top if they consistently won every year. But with the Super League, that is thrown out of the picture and just the 15 best teams in Europe would compete against each other. Um, they would still like overlap and play other teams, but it didn't matter because the Super League teams would all have their own playoffs at the end of the season. So they would just kind of be on their own and deem themselves the champions instead of actually competing against everyone. Um, So I had mentioned that there's a Champions League and the Championship League. There's so many leagues in Europe, it's confusing. So the Championship League is the one that's in just the UK. And then the Champions League is basically like the March Madness tournament, but a football. That's where they take the top 32 teams across all of Europe. And they compete for the the grand champion, essentially. And the Super League, again, would take away from all that. So this was all proposed on, like, April, I think, 18th. And the owners of these big teams were like, oh, this is going to benefit soccer or football as a whole. We'll make so much more money that we can share it with all the small teams and that sort of thing. But there was, like, protests and stuff so two days later it was basically canceled i i don't know if i explained it very well so i came up with an american example and the best example i could think of would be again march madness it would be like if duke unc ucla kansas louisville kentucky maybe michigan left yeah all all the historically best teams just left the ncaa and made their own tournament every March and called themselves like the champion tournament. But they, no matter how poorly they did in the regular season, they would still be in the playoffs and then they would invite like maybe three more teams to compete, but they would never again be in the March Madness tournament. So like Duke and they'd be getting all the money every year because everybody wants to watch them. And then only the best players in every recruiting class are going to go to only those schools because they want to be in it, obviously. Because they would see it as the elite league. Yeah. So then all the smaller schools would lose, maybe have a less chance to get a good athlete. And then you would 
see teams like this year, Oral Roberts, Shalilo, Chicago, they would never even have a chance to make it to the playoffs or like the big tournament. Yeah, exactly. So it, it would always just be the best. Now, here's the deal. You want my take <clears throat> on this? Yes. The reason why the NFL, NBA, and stuff like that works is because there's no teams trying to compete to be at that level. Yes. Like you have all these teams in Europe that are soccer clubs, football clubs, and they all know that they have a chance to climb the ladder if they want to someday or can Mm -hmm. someday. Even if it's like statistically almost impossible, there's still above a 0% chance. Well, Leicester city never would have happened a few years back. If, if this wasn't the way that they did things, it's hard to go from that to creating your own NFL league. Like if it, if it was the other way around where the NFL was super popular and then all of a sudden, you know, like the XFLs has was trying to make another league, but that was just going to be a developmental league. They wouldn't try to like interfere with ratings of the NFL or take away from them. They're just giving more players opportunity to showcase their talents to, you know, make the league again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it's easier to have the NFL first and then have other leagues form. Yeah. But the fact that they have all these leagues to then try to make the NFL out of that is going to be unfair. Like if they had, if they had the AFL, the NFL, the XFL, and something else, or a couple more leagues, and then they try to just say, okay, we're going to take all the best teams of each yeah, league, from all piece them together, there would be beef across the board, mm-hmm. just like there is right now. So that's my take on it. It's easier yeah. to start with one super league and then develop other developmental, like the NBA was around first and then developed the developmental league, which then turned into the G League. Well, they're not competing <laughs> yeah. you know, at the level that LeBron James is, but they could compete for roster spots, 10-day yeah. contracts, that sort of thing. Yeah, and part of what makes football, soccer in Europe, it, like in this situation, is because it's been around forever. Like There's been official club teams and stuff since the 1800s. Yeah. Whereas like in America, we don't have that. Change is harder the longer something stays the same. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this one That's doesn't true. make sense to me. Nope. It just doesn't. And it was, it was kind of just out of nowhere, too. The owners were just like, here we go. We have an idea. And well, yeah, it sounds great to the people that are trying to do it. It doesn't yeah. sound great to the other <laughs> hundreds of, of clubs. You know, it doesn't yeah. sound good <laughs> to the other people. Yeah. Another thing that helped cancel it so quickly was the uh, Union of European Football Association. The, the main president for that basically said, if you're a player in one of those 15 teams that's joined this league, you cannot compete in the World Cup. You cannot represent your country. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shut that down. So then the, the players are, are getting a little nervous and like, well, I don't want to be part of that then. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of news that... I did a lot of research for not a lot of reason because it <laughs> didn't last long. Well, there's still a story there. Yeah, there's still there still is a story there. And Even I'm, though this isn't going, going to happen, uh, you know, it made us realize a lot of things about yes. how it works over there. Yeah. And I would not be surprised. I don't think this will be the last time we hear something like this. Like 10 years from now, I'm sure something like this could be tried again, just with yeah. a little different approach. I still think that there's a possibility in the NCAA that a lot of teams disband from the NCAA because of all the restrictions that they have on them with recruiting, with not being able to pay players. When we start being able to pay players um, or like schools want to disband so that they can pay players from the NCAA, either the NCAA is not going to exist or they're going to have to change. Yeah. And 
the way the NCAA stands on it, they're not changing. So yeah. I think we're, you're going to start seeing schools maybe think about disbanding and it'll just take one. And then the next thing you know, there'll be 10, then there'll be a hundred. Yeah. That probably is the closest comparison that we have here. Yeah. So, all right. With that, let's end segment two. Let's get the game time. We've got a draft game. I'm I excited do. about it. Uh, we're going to get to that segment three, fish and chipot. The Twins of Trash! Welcome back to the Fish and Chip Podcast. <laughs> oh, good communication on our part there, Chip. Let's keep that uh, in the show because it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's game okay. time, segment three, Fish and Chip Pod. Chip's got the game for me today. Let's go. Yes, I do. I have, as we have mentioned, a draft game today. This is just on the top six quarterbacks in the draft. Who's the sixth? A trask. <laughs> the guy from Florida? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. likely not be taken in the first round. However, if the top five guys are all taken, like the top seven picks, I would not be surprised if a team moves up to the end of the first round to get him. That's why I included him. So, anyway, this is a quarterback match game. I'm going to give you a stat or a little fun fact about someone. An anonymous person. You just gotta tell me which of these six quarterbacks it pertains to. Okay. There are eight questions, so two of them will be repeated, but everyone is used at least once. And if you want, and for if you're listening, I don't know who they are. The answers will all be either Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson from BYU, Justin Fields from Ohio State, Trey Lance from North Dakota State, Max Jones from Alabama, or Kyle Trask. From Florida, Kyle Trask is trash. <laughs> Do you remember his ball game? He got benched. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, he's still the number six prospect for some reason. Granted, like his best receivers all decided to sit out that game, yeah. get ready for the draft. But still, he threw so many interceptions in the first half that he got benched. Yep. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's on the game, so he, he made Kyle it Trask is trash. <laughs> all right, all right let's do it. Yeah. Number one. This quarterback had the highest career touchdown to interception ratio among these six. That's it? Yep. Do you know who it was? Justin, yep, Justin Fields. No. What? I thought he only threw like two interceptions last year. Two or two years ago, I mean. He had a sixty seven to nine touchdown to INT ratio. That's not even the best? No. Well then it must be Mac Jones. No. He what? had a 56 to 7, which would equal an even 8. Wow. Um, I know Zach Wilson threw a bunch. Yeah, he is the lowest. Then it's got to be Trey Lance. It is Trey Lance. Okay. A 30 to 1 ratio. Okay, that makes sense. Then. So you <laughs> said, what was Justin Fields? Uh, Justin Fields was, it was 7.44 touchdowns per interception. So Mac Jones actually was better than him, too. Yeah, Mac Jones had an even eight. Yeah. And then, yeah, but I didn't know Trey Lance's stats that well. Yeah. <laughs> I should have assumed that he didn't have a whole lot of interceptions. Yeah. But I know I know Justin Fields, He, I think he went over 50 interceptions or 50 touchdowns two years ago and like three interceptions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had like. He had a bunch of rushing touchdowns, too. I mean, but yeah. 
It's three interceptions, then it was six or something, or maybe six and three. I don't know. But it's three two years ago, so I okay, think it's six, six this year. And then uh, just for for stats, Trevor Lawrence has a five point two nine touchdown to interception ratio. Zach Wilson is three point seven, and Kyle Trask is four point six. Number two, this quarterback had the most career rushing touchdowns with nineteen. It's either Justin Fields or Trey Lance. How many years did Trey Lance start? Just one. Just one? It's got to be Justin Fields. It is Justin Fields. Yeah. However, Trey Lance was second with 18. Yeah, that's those would have been the two that I would have picked. And Trevor Lawrence actually had 18 as well. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I suppose. Uh, he, he, he like was sneaky good scoring on the rushing side of things. Yeah. You just, you were just marveling over his throwing ability but he had a lot of rushing touchdowns you gotta remember he played three years right yeah three full years yes uh zach wilson 15 Kyle trask at eight and mac jones at two yeah we knew we knew that was gonna be the case (laughs) all right here's a little more of a fun fact one this quarterback had the farthest distance to travel from his hometown to his college if you want hints, I can give you their home states. <laughs> Otherwise, you can just guess. Well, I know, I know Trey Lance didn't go that far. It was like yeah. three, four hours. Um, I have no idea where Mac Jones grew up. Uh, Justin Fields. See, the thing was, he went to Georgia first. And then he went to Ohio State, so maybe that was a jump. I feel like Zach Wilson would have been promoted by Utah somewhere. <laughs> uh, yes, he was. I'll, I'll give you that hint. He he only traveled thirty point three miles. I was going to say most of the BYU kids come from that area. Yeah. Um. So who else am I looking at? Even Trevor Lawrence. Did Trevor Lawrence grow up in California? I'm going to go with him. Uh, he grew up in Georgia. Oh, he did. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought he lives in California now. Probably, yeah. I think he, he just got married and he's out in California. So um, I'm going to go with Justin Fields. He had the second farthest. You were right. He is from Georgia. Yeah. So then he had to go to Ohio State. So, uh, so that's Mac Jones? Uh, nope. He was from Florida and he had four. So it's trash. Oh, it is trash. trash. Okay. I kind of forgot about trash. <laughs> <laughs> he is from. Oh, we're thinking about the other five. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He's from Manville, Texas to Gainesville, Florida, which is 878 miles. Where's Mac Jones from? Uh, I just wrote down Florida. I'm not sure what's. Oh, he's from Florida. No, just the state. I had no idea. I would guess somewhere down south. It's 461 miles, though, to Tuscaloosa. So it's probably more of central Florida. Yeah. Uh, Number four. Which of these quarterbacks had the most wins as a starter? Be uh, Trevor Lawrence. That is correct. In 32. He also played the most seasons out of all six. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, second was Mac Jones with 23. Then Justin Fields with 21. Zach Wilson in 19. Mac Jones had 23 wins? Yeah. Well, I suppose he had... I suppose he had 14 this year. He played that many games last year after I two got hurt? Yes, so. Unless I count it wrong. I just looked at basically <laughs> pass attempts in a game, and if it was more than like five, I assume they started. Oh, no. He played a lot of games behind Tua. 
<laughs> he got to play a lot of the fourth quarter, so uh, he would okay. probably not have started a bunch well, of those that's games. That's probably not right. Well, you got it right anyway, but he's probably got about 15, 16 wins. Okay. <laughs> okay, which quarterback had the highest career passer rating of with 197.6? So the only person I haven't guessed yet is Zach Wilson, right? Or that that's been the answer. Uh this is why I have duplicates so you won't keep track. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm I'm saying this is definitely a duplicate. <laughs> uh, it's not this is not a Zach Wilson answer, right? <laughs> you have also not guessed Mac Jones or front answer. But I just did. No, you guessed Trevor Lawrence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna go Mac Jones here. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Got it. Mike Jones. Second was Justin Fields. Followed by Trey Lance. Followed by Kyle Trask. Yeah, Fields would have been my second choice, I thought, just because his interception numbers were so low. Yeah. And then Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were the two lowest. Yeah. Who had the most career passing attempts? It's got to be Trevor Lawrence. Unless it's Zach Wilson. I don't know. No, Zach Wilson. What did he play? Two years? Mm, I think three. If he played three years, it's definitely him. But I think it's Trevor Lawrence. Well, you are correct. It is Trevor Lawrence. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Will I push? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Things are popping up. Well, uh-oh. 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 Yes, Trevor Lawrence had uh, 1,138 passing attempts. Zach Wilson was second with 837. That's got to be two seasons, then. Maybe two and impartial. Yeah, I know he like replaced uh, this Mangum guy, Mag Mangum guy, Magnum, Mangum, Mangum. Chicka uh, chicka boom boom. Yeah, looked like he played. Zach wasn't played like half of a season in 2018. So two and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. Okay. All right, two more. Which quarterback? <laughs> I was diving deep for this one. Which quarterback had the most career receiving yards with 51 yards? I'm gonna go. I'm I'm leaning Trevor Lawrence, but I've guessed him twice. Trey Lance. Eh. Justin Fields. Eh. Ooh, is it Trevor Lawrence? Eh. <laughs> it's Kyle Trask. Obviously, eh. the guy I'm never thinking. Zach Wilson, really? Zach Wilson. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. Zach Wilson to 51 receiving yards. Kyle Trask was next with four. <laughs> Trey Lance had zero catches, and the other three guys all had negative yards. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're into the final one. Which quarterback had the most career rushing yards with 1,325? Well, I'm guessing that Trey Lance didn't put up that number. <laughs> number in one season I'm gonna go Justin Fields he was used at, at Georgia once in a while as a running threat so that would probably help him I'm gonna go Justin Fields he was second is Trevor Lawrence got the most no is, oh it's Kyle Trask then. <laughs> Kyle Trask had 54 career rushing yards. is it Zach Wilson again no who is it it is Trey Lance Oh, okay. It was Trey Lance. Yeah, he did it all in one year, basically. Wow. I thought you said no to that one. That's why. Nope, I did not say anything. Well, that would have been my second guess. So, yeah, I I just kind of eliminated him from my mind. Okay. 
yeah, I would have went Justin Fields then uh, Trey Lance. So, well, yeah. Well, it was Trey Lance, Justin Fields second, and yeah, there's uh, there's some fun stats for your uh, quarterback prospects, and here are some bonus stats just to because I know Dan likes this guy. Between these six, I'll trash. <laughs> Between these six quarterbacks, uh, Mac Jones also had the highest completion percentage, highest yards yep. per attempt. And most passing yards in a season. Yep. So there you go. I just gotta say, like everybody wants to trash on the 49ers just thinking about taking him. But if this was Joe Burrow who put up these numbers last year, he'd be the undoubtedly number one overall pick. And Mac Jones literally just put up the same numbers Joe Burrow did. And then they want to bang a little better. But they want to use it against Mac Jones that oh he had the Heisman Trophy winner and the best running back. Well, do you remember what <laughs> Joe Burrow had? He had Clyde Edwards-Solaire, Jabbar Chase, yeah, and uh, Justin Jefferson. Yes, and, good- and Randy Moss's kid. Yep. <laughs> like, you're telling me that he didn't have options to throw. <laughs> Come on, literally Come though, on, he, he had literally the the same, like just as good, if not a better year than Joe Burrow did. And I we mean, want to trash Joe, on him because Joe he Burrow had so much had- wrong. 60 passing touchdowns in his last year and 5,600 yards. Passing. The offense for Alabama put up more numbers this year than LSU did the year before. But Joe Burrow's numbers were better than. Uh, uh, we're going to have to deep dive that. Mac Jones Thursday. had 4,500 passing yards. Joe Burrow had 5,600. Joe Burrow had 60 passing touchdowns. Did Bama th- play 15 games though? I don't know. Because didn't their season get shortened by one or two games with COVID? That's uh, probably accurate, yes. So that's why he didn't have the extra, you know, 600 yards. Mm-hmm. Six touchdowns. Right. It, is, it is closer than it should be. I know when they were going in the championship game, they said literally Alabama's offense is putting up numbers better than LSU did the year mm-hmm. before. But that quarterback doesn't even belong in the first round. Last year, Joe Burrow was undoubtedly the number one overall pick. I got beef. We got to get done with it. Fish <laughs> Jones podcast. played 13 games this year. 13, and he would have played 15 if they had a full season. So you can give him 600 more yards, six more touchdowns. Still not to Bo- Joe's level. Well, pretty darn close. <sighs> Fish and Chip Podcast on Twitter, <laughs> Fish and Chip Pod, Spotify, Anchor App Podcast, Google Machine, Amazon, most places to your podcast. Remember, hashtag prop, try fantasy promo code Fish, F A S H. I got beef. We'll settle it maybe Thursday. Maybe it'll never get settled. We'll settle um, after Mike Jones gets selected first overall. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> maybe he'll go second though. No, let's go to the 49ers and let's be Joe Montana. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Okay. We'll be back Friday with a live recording from the draft the night before. We're going to Cleveland. We are going, glowing to Cleveland. Glowing. Stay sweet. Stay sweet.